Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Ford Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's a great, it's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but... But we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickheads, you could say. It's just, it's, they're just, there's <laughs> good racing and I enjoy it. Mm. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to the show as we get set for the final round, the championship decider at Sydney to discuss the championship decider and a whole bunch more. There's so much going on outside of the racetrack. It's going to be an interesting show once again. Joining me to discuss this from Fox Sports, AJ Hawkins. Andrew, how are you doing? Ah, good evening, Craig. How are you going? I'm very well. Along with AJ will be the, the man behind the baristas at Speed Cafe. It's Brett Murray. Ah, uh, boys, how are you? Well, it's going to be interesting. And uh, Crusher, we'll get the gratuitous plug out the way. I know you've got a big promotion with Armour Oil going on ahead of this weekend. Uh, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's actually not too bad. Uh, obviously, great supporters of V8 Supercars are more for the last uh, 10 odd years. And uh, there's a promotion going on where fans can uh, click the link on the lead page of Speed Cafe, the banner, and uh, go on and select who they think will take the last Armour All Pole of the year in race 36. Nominate that person, and then um, that'll all close just before qualifying. Go out for qualifying in the shootout. Uh, we'll have. A group of people who have selected the winner, there'll be a winner chosen from that per- that group, and then the driver will actually personally autograph a helmet on the grid, uh, which will be sent to them in the coming days. Uh, it's also been signed by every other Armour or Pole winner since its inception in 2005, obviously from uh, Jason Richards, and we've paid a little tribute to JR with a star on the back of the helmet. So... Uh, Pretty rare and unique uh, piece of memorabilia, and um, I've got to say, they look bloody good. And I have to say that it's made a bit harder to choose who's going to get that pole, AJ, because of the fact that Chas Mostert knocked himself out after um, Bathurst. That's correct, Craig. It's, uh, it's very much all open with, um, with Paul Mostert having uh, that uh, terrible injury at Bathurst, and it's, it's going to be interesting going into the last round. It is indeed. Now, uh, Crusher, are you on the Lowndes bandwagon or do you think Winterbottom's done enough through the season to be able to justify his uh, smooth sailing through Sydney? Oh, look, I think, um, you know, you'd, have to, you'd be a brave man to bet against him. Um, I, don't like a, I don't mind a pun, as you know, uh, but I think you'd be pretty brave to get a uh, bet against Mark. Uh, you know, I think he's, uh, he's done enough, but, um, you know, he just needs... Uh, one major uh, issue on Saturday and uh, it's going to be wide open and you certainly can never discount Lounce. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great champion, but um, Frosty's got that box to tick and, um, you know, he wants to do everything he can to make sure it happens this weekend. At uh, the same time, he's trying to, you know, eliminate the pressure on him, but uh, there's no doubt that there's plenty there. And being a Fox Sport ambassador, Craig Lowndes obviously has the Fox Sport vote there, AJ, but do you think he can do it? Oh, absolutely, Craig could do it. And I, I think it's... I'm torn this weekend. I really want Frosty to get, you know, get his first championship, but also want Lowndes to get it as well. It's, a, it's down to the wire. I've got to ask the question to both of you now, one on television, the other on the, on the internet. What's it going to mean if 
Lowndes is within, say, 50 to 70 points going into Sunday. What's that going to do to ratings? What's that going to do to internet traffic, Crusher? Oh, look, it'll be, it'll be fantastic. And I'm sure that's, <laughs> you know, sure that's what the, yeah, the boys at uh, Petrodoni at uh, Fox is uh, cheering for and, and the boys at 10, the same thing. Uh, and certainly, um, you know, my boys would uh, be pretty happy about it at the same time. Uh, you know, it's about the interest in creating that and the build-up and how it all works. And um, if you certainly had those guys still head-to-head and only those amount of points between them, uh, heading into the final race of the year, um, you can be sure that uh, the eyeballs will be uh, well and truly focused on what's about to happen. AJ, what do you reckon? Oh, Is it going to go ballistic? Oh, absolutely. You know, everyone loves the uh, the tale of the, the two contenders going for the championship. And because it is so open, it's on, you know, we, we saw the last few years, it's, it's come down to, you know, not last year, but the years before that, it's come down to the final couple of races at Sydney. And they've been absolute belters. And anything can happen at Homebush, as we know. You know, there's plenty of crashes and people taking each other out. So, you know, hopefully ratings are up. I'm sure it's going to be an interesting race meeting. And Sydney is the type of track crusher that anything can anything can happen. We've seen John O'Webb get his first win. We've seen uh, Aaron McGill go out on dry tyres when it's pissing down rain and get on the podium in the Dunlop series. It's really a track that, um, you know, just when you think something unexpected's happened, something even more random can. And a case of point is when Courtney won the championship over... Wing Cup all those years ago. Yeah, but I guess in that instance, uh, you know, it was probably deserved in regards to how James and went about his business, and Adrian Burgess uh, helped um, you know formulate that championship. I think it was one of the great championships that we've seen in the modern era. I don't think it's been given enough credit, to be honest. Um, and that just came out of preparation and a few other things that you know went their way. So, um, you know, weather's played a bit of a role in the last couple of years. I mean, last year was an absolute you know, pizzling. Um, and you know to see that you know the races called well they're basically called off with Ambrose coming back and all the hype that went around that you know that all sort of went out the window because everyone was just trying to stay dry and then the guys that were in grandstands under 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 <laughs> under cover were actually forced to evacuate because of lightning so they haven't got wet um, and uh, I think uh, I don't know what the weather is for this weekend but certainly uh, you throw that into the mix and you've certainly got a recipe for some pretty interesting stuff. Mm. Well, we need to take a break on Inside Supercars. When we return, we'll talk about this, probably the real battle of the weekend, the grid spots in the pit lane in the team's championship. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Crusher from Speed Cafe and AJ from Fox Sports joining me, Craig Raffel. And before the break, I mentioned the team's championship, guys, and that is really the uh, the battle that is up for grabs and the one that won't be decided until Sunday at the end of race 36. AJ, how do you see 
this pit lane number one playing out? Look, I think it's very interesting. I think if you had Frosty and Chaz still at uh, Chaz still at Pro Drive, I think it's a, it would be a sell up for Pro Drive to take that number one team's championship. But since Most has been injured, you know, Triple Eight have really come back strong. So I think it's it's kind of open, but I, I still think that Triple uh, Eight might just pit Pro Drive on this one. Crusher? Well, one thing I can tell you is that Roland Dane is. Uh, a very passionate individual and uh, the team's championship is something he takes very, very seriously. Um, he wouldn't want to be heading out of this team. If they do happen to lose the, the championship to Frosty, he won't be wanting to lose the team's championship at the same time. And You know, the uh, the group that he's got and how he treats his people and, uh, you know, the way they've set the bar over these amount of years, um, you know, they, they've all got their eye on the prize and that's to win the team championship. Um and uh, I think they'll be uh, hard-pressed to, uh, to get it off, and they uh, will be going out there as hard and as fast as they can. And certainly, uh, you know, the, the uh, position in pit lane uh, is all important. Mm. Now, interestingly, a number of chopping and changing here late in the season. At, uh, at Super Black Racing, Chris Pither is back in the car again, and he will be continuing on in 2016. Uh, a, a tough one for Andre Heimgardner there, Crush. Oh, look, it is. I'm in, you know, I, you know, obviously in these positions, you know, look, and we'll talk about, you know, Ash Wilson in a minute, but, you know, obviously these guys are bringing budget to the team and whether the budget's run out or what the deal is or, you know, whether they've decided that the guy that's coming in has got a bit more of a budget and they cut a deal and, you know, you, no one knows what, you know, what each person's individual contract says. So there's always this... Uh, position at this time of year when you've got guys in that position um, who, uh, you know, are going to fall fault to it. So guys are trying to, you know, turn themselves up for next year. Um, you know, obviously Super Black are looking at what Peter can you know, can do. You know, he's obviously a talented guy. Heimgartner's the same. You know, he comes with high credentials. And I don't think Ash Rolfs has done, necessarily done a heap wrong, although um, obviously the team uh, are keen to see what else is available. And uh, AJ for Ash Walsh, Dean Canto replaced him in the search for speed at Phillip Island and uh, whether they found any speed or not, it doesn't matter because Ash Walsh isn't driving the car and Alex Davison returns to the former SBR Erebus drive. No, it looks to be a complete set of musical chairs there. I mean, who wants to drive the number four? I mean, it's just, it's it's completely crazy. It's just, you know, I, I mean, is it the lack of test days that are... Leading teams towards putting these guys in late in the season. I mean, if we still had extra test days, I mean, isn't that what testing the 2016 driver lot possible 2016 driver lineup is for? It can't be good for the sport crusher with chopping and changing like that at the at the back end of the grid. It it shows it shows desperation on the part of the teams. Uh, I'm not sure it shows desperation. I mean, it's a business, so. You know, they're just trying to do what they think's best for them, and if you know, there's a chance to get a few more bucks in the bank at the end of the year to get them through the end of the season or position themselves better for next year, then that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, if if Heimgartner or Ash Wells were winning races, I can guarantee you right now that they wouldn't be in the position they're in. Unless they say something stupid at Bathurst and then they get frog marched. Yeah, well, or you know, or, or you know, someone tries to make a story out of it for their own benefit. But I. Uh, you know, that's just the nature of the business. It's tough, you know. It's not going to happen to Jamie Winkham. It's not going to happen to Craig Lance or Mark Mincott. But, you know, that's the nature of the game. It's always been the same. It'll never change. 
And if anyone thinks it, it will, they're kidding themselves. It's just it's part of the part of what we do. Mm. So would they? Sorry, Craig, but if they had full time sponsors, do you think they'd still be in this predicament? Do I think? Yeah. Uh, look, probably not. Not if they're bringing enough money to the money to the show. I mean, it's all about it's all about you know money and getting them through the end of the year and 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 again bolstering them things up for next year. If, if the if the bill that was getting paid was big enough and it was getting paid and there's no dramas. Yeah. I'm not saying these guys haven't paid the bill. I'm just saying that, you know, there's budget requirements and things that have to happen and their contract obviously allows them to be put in this position, mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever those whatever those guidelines are. Mind you, you're running closer to the front. You're also finding more people that want to put some stickers on your car too and uh, that eases the financial burden. Absolutely. Mm. Now, another change, which is an injury sub, if you like, is Jack Perkins has uh, going to rejoin the uh, rejoin the field this time in the Triple uh, Eight based LDM Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport entry, and it'll be interesting to see how Perkins, who's been chopping and changing a little bit, had a lot more responsibility through the Enduro Cup Crusher, goes in a a different Holden uh, for Nick Perkett. Yeah, it will be. Um, you know, the job he did on the Gold Coast was fantastic. Uh, uh, as you know, Craig, I thought, you know, we're actually quite good friends, Jack and I, and I've got a lot of time for the guy and have it done through his career. And uh, I think he's just got a ripper personality. I think that, uh, you know, he's, he's street smart and, and he's got his head on his shoulders. And, you know, I think, uh, I'm not so sure uh, Larry would be that happy him being dragged off the farm during uh, harvesting season during the week. But, uh you know, he'll be back, and the other thing is that uh, he was actually due to come up here and stay with uh, stay at my place and uh, follow his mates around at the uh, the PGA on the Gold Coast at the weekend too. So that's all gone out the window, and, uh, and uh, he'll be stuck in Sydney with me watching cars go around instead of uh, out in the golf course and enjoying a cool beer uh, watching our mates hit a golf ball. And uh, AJ, for Jack, the good thing is that he has been in a car very much every weekend since the Enduros because he's been jumping in the Hossack Audi in the sports sedans. Well, that's correct. He has a lot of miles under his belt and some would say he might be equipped to drive one of the LDM machines who's been driving a tractor for the last couple of weeks. Um, boom, but, boom. Uh, <laughs> Look, I, I, I wish Jack the best. I'm really stoked to see him get another chance and, you know, he's he you know, did really well through the enduro season, so um, yeah, can, all the miles under his belt certainly can't hurt. And uh, on on that, like, I was, like, how much of an outstanding job has Nick Perkett done this year with that machine? Because you know, being out for the last, you know, for you know, out at Phillip Island, and that car with um, Paul Dumbrell at the wheel hardly made a blip. Mm. It, it is an interesting one, um, and. It really, it really is going to show where Jack is at with his racing development, isn't it, Crush? Yeah, it will. Um, and as, uh, as you said, like I think uh, Perkett's done a good job there. I think uh, Young Blanchard's done a very good job as well. I think uh, he can't be discounted. It's got better as the whole thing's in, you know, improved the engineering process. Barry Hay, your former SBR uh, mechanic or chief, has gone in there and, and basically ripped it all apart and rebuilt it. And I think the job he's done has been uh, been outstanding. And I think that um, you know that Tim has grown into that. And um, Barry, you know, is you know matter, as, as a matter of fact, as they come, 
um, has put things on the line today. Okay, we've got to reach these marks. I know Tim spent a couple of weeks, uh, you know, several uh, weeks ago, up here a couple of days up here with Paul Morris and just got his eye dialed doll back in. His dad, John, um, ran as a teammate with Paul Morris uh, in the old BMW E30 days with Frank Gardner in the early 90s. Um, actually, was one of my drivers and uh, just great family and... Um, and uh, obviously he's moving on next year, but done a, done a solid job, uh, as we saw today, the, uh, the announcement that uh, he'll be moving on to BJR and in the third car next year. Mm. Well, we're definitely going to talk about the silly season a bit later in the show, but we'll take a break. There's still a few things about Sydney we need to, uh, well, have a bit of a chat about here on Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio, any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. AJ Hawkins and Brett Crusher-Murray joining me, Craig Ravel. And, guys, is this the last time we're going to see the full circuit used at uh, the Olympic Park precinct crash? Oh, look, uh, possibly. Uh, obviously, there's, you know, things that go with that. I'm not so sure how they make it all happen with the paving on the area that Steve suggested. Um, you know, if you're making the thing smaller, it saves money. We saw that on the Gold Coast when they reduced the IndyCar circuit, the original 4.5 circuit, down to whatever it is now, 2.8. Um, you know, there's a, there's a million, million and a half, you know, million dollar savings there uh, each year. So it all adds up. Um, I think that would take a bit of the character away, although depending on how they configured and what they did, um, running down that river strip might look... Uh, might look pretty cool as well, just depending on how they, they can make it all work. I'm you know, a bit confused about how they can, but, um, you know, I'm not an engineer. Now, AJ, you're the resident Sydney sider on the panel, and part of this is predicated for the fact that they're putting a light rail right through the centre of the course, and it's going to be difficult to shut off the light rail once it's up and running. Yeah, that's uh, apparently the, uh, the the hot tip going around, but I, I would, I'm... A, I'm uh, I would be gutted to see the full circuit go because I kind of like the full... No, there's plenty of character on that circuit and it is really difficult for the drivers. So, um, look, the light rail's still a fair while away, so I don't think we need to worry about it just yet. Mm. So it might not be the light rail that causes it. It'll just be financial pressures. Look, if, if it happens, I'm sure that that's... Um, that, you know, that's what, what could possibly lead to the, the shortened circuit, but... It'd be a shame to see it go. Mm. Of course. Well, they think about it, there was a... You might remember, Craig, a few years ago, I think it was San Jose, they had a right rail track that ran through the middle of the IndyCar circuit there and someone had just not bothered to think about it and they put on a bit of uh, tarmac either side of it and basically turned into a jump and these things were jumping like stadium super trucks. Mm. Um, and they'd, in the end, they ended up losing about five sessions, I think, during the end of the day. But uh, certainly there's, uh, they're a pretty tough thing to engineer around. 
at uh, Bathurst when Will Powell was there. We were involved in a conversation with Will off-air talking about the Gold Coast was really the jewel in the crown of the IndyCar series next to the 500, and it's a shame that they're not coming back to it. And someone said, well, there's a light rail down, you know, cutting across the track now. You couldn't go back to the long track. And then someone else said, well, wait a minute, you guys will race over a light rail. And he just shook his head and said, yep. He said, we've run over light rail tracks. Anything goes in uh, that series. Yep, that's no doubt about that. And uh, although uh, the chances we've ever seen them back on the Gold Coast are pretty slim, uh, and it was the best race to the uh, to the Indy 500. And, um, I go to the Indy 500 every year, uh, and it takes me four hours to walk from one end of pit lane to the other. And if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me, was I there to do it a deal to get them back, uh, I would have my airfare paid in full each trip. And you travel first class too, don't you, Crash? <laughs> uh, I usually try and, uh, try and get in the, uh, the, the non-shallow end, Craig. There are seats down towards the tail, did you know that? What, after row 12? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, a couple of couple of things happening. Uh, AJ, you're right up with this fang-dangled internet uh, mobile phones. An announcement this week that um, a new media telco is going to bring VH Supercar content to fans. I thought that's what Fox Sport was doing. Yes, and uh, it, look, it's, I think it's always... Competition is good, Craig. Competition is always good. It's good to see... I mean, VH Supercars haven't had an official you know, mobile telco partner for a couple of years. So it's actually good to see someone get get on board and, um, you know, you'll be able to get your archive content and live timing and stuff. And I, I'm not, I don't think you'll get live races. You'll still be able to watch that on Foxtel Go or your uh, Foxtel TV or, you know, your Apple device or whatever else you can get Foxtel on. Um, but, yeah, it's, look, it's interesting to see another player entering the market that can bring fans closer to the sport they love. Crusher, what have you taken about the, is it Ove, Ove uh, deal? Oh, look, I don't know, mate. I, I, I read it three times and couldn't understand it, so oh, maybe I'm just old and stupid, I don't know. But, yeah, we're yeah. not Luddites, but, geez, you feel like it when you read that press release. Yeah, I just, you know, I found it a bit confusing. Um, you know, I'm sure it's a positive thing, you know, anything that, you know, provides us more content and allows people to, you know, enjoy their sport and, you know, whether they're doing it for free or paying for it or whatever, is a good thing. As long as the content's right, um, you know, people will come. So, uh, you know, if they're going to produce some of the content or work VH Supercars on producing that or how they're going to go about it, I think they're the questions that to be answered. But, you know, if um, let's hope they're proven right and it becomes a great thing for the fans. I mean, all I care about is, you know, the product for fans. That's what it's got to be about. Mm. Now, uh, interesting, Nissan have had a big weekend over in Japan last weekend and uh, Michael Caruso, AJ, was uh, over there waving the flag for the uh, V8 supercar set. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great that he's got the recognition to go across and, uh, you know, have a go at the Bathurst 12-hour winning Dismo as well. Um, it's awesome that we get our drivers to get some international um, experience and some international exposure, I think. Mm. And Crusher, good to see that um, just how much and how boots and all Nissan have got involved in racing here in Australia with the V8s. Yeah, look, I mean, after Holden, I mean, Nissan have probably spent more money in motorsport than any other manufacturer, um, you know, to partake Ford because Ford did never, never ever spent a lot. Um, 
and uh, they should be rewarded for that and the opportunities they create and how they go about their business is first class. Um, you know, obviously Holden, uh, when it comes to writing checks, have done the most over X amount of years, and that should always be taken into consideration. But uh, Nissan uh, run, a, run a good second and um, have done a terrific job in, in the last couple of years, have done an amazing job about how they've gone about promoting the product, not only just in V8 supercars, but the 12-hour race, uh, with the GTR and, you know, their fan interaction stuff that they've done and, and how they've gone about it has, uh, has been innovative and uh, certainly got the attention of the fans. Mm, indeed. And, uh, of course, Richard Emery has uh, been a fantastic uh, manufacturer's representative, CEO, to be dealing with too, AJ. He doesn't mince his words when he tells... Um, V8 supercars not to stuff up the 12-hour now that they've got the rights to run it. Look, it's always good to see you who, uh, you know, is forthcoming and straight-talking. I think that uh, should be a good thing and should be rewarded. It'd be, uh, not, it'd be good if we had all the uh, manufacturer representatives who uh, shared the same uh, straight-talking attitude. Mm. And highly likely, although Nissan have been saying next year will be, like, in the new year we'll find out what they're doing, highly likely crush that we're going to find out over the course of the Sydney weekend about their involvement and which way they'll be going with Gen 2 on the horizon. Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, I mean, you just never know with Nissan in regards. They've always got something on the go and there's always something exciting and they're trying to recreate some things and build some interest and do things a bit of a different way and Richard Emery drives that and... uh, they just should be rewarded for it. He's um, very proactive, uh, doesn't mind uh, you know, speaking his speaking his mind when it comes to this stuff and you know, drawing a line in the sand, not just necessarily for Nissan, but for the sport in total. And uh, you know, he's got the fan base in the back of his mind in, in regards to how they deliver you know, content on track and how that's done in other parts of the world and how it's not done here and you know, all those things that need to be integrated into you know, what we need to do to take this thing to another level because, you know, things are changing and things are changing rapidly. And if um, some people running this show don't, you know, pull their heads out of their butt, it's going to be gone before they know what's going on. Mm. It's certainly interesting times ahead. After the break, though, we're going to look in the rearview mirror just slightly to look at some of the biggest stories of the year in V8 supercars here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And And you're you're listening listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. AJ and Crusher joining me, Craig Ravel. And uh, guys... Some really interesting stories. Stefan Bartholomeus once again backed up his award-winning story that V8s were going to clash with the uh, were going to clash with the uh, test V8s test day was going to clash with the Bathurst 12 hour last year, and he backed it up with, of course, uh, the announcement that we were going to see uh, V8 supercars running the 12 hour in future crash. Yeah, I think that's the story of the year. Obviously, I've got a bit of bias. Um, there's a few more that sort of run around it, but I think that was a, uh, a cracking yarn, and 
it was exclusive despite uh, some others claiming and after being spoon-fed it after we'd actually rung the organisation and asked them the question. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, the politics involved, how the, how the sport um, is affected in so many areas, not just, you know, V8 supercars, but, you know, GT racing and the position of everything else has got so many implications and, and the passion that's involved with that race. They've, you know, they've been given a clear message on, you know, don't screw it up. Um, you know, that's a clear message from everybody. Um, we put John Casey in there to help run it. I think John's, uh, you know, a very smart dude. Um, he has his marketing now, and you know, he has a passion for the sport. And, you know, he'll do a, he'll do a solid job, and knows you know knows that you know what's at stake in regards to. You now, if we try and turn this into a V2 supercar meeting, we're gonna we're gonna screw it up. So, there's, you know, it's a totally different beast altogether. Um, and if they want to get that international reaction and 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 um, uh, cooperation from the international teams, and they need to uh, to loosen up a bit about how they go about their business, and that seems to be the case uh, today. Mm. Now, AJ, where are you at with uh, what you thought is one of the biggest stories or the biggest story of the year? Uh, look, there's plenty of tomfoolery around this this year, but I would, I would, I was tossing up between a couple of stories, but in the end, I kind of settled on uh, the. Uh, a few actually, I was I was going to go with the Lounge story, and I think that was um that was a big one. But I think James Courtney's injury at, at SNP was one of the big ones for me. Um, you know, something that was happened off the racetrack, on or, you know, away from on track, but still on track. Um, but then put him out for a couple of race meetings, and something that wasn't his own fault, um, I think, was massive. Mm. Uh, I guess backing on to that was the return at the Gold Coast when really he probably only just had a medical clearance crush and yet he was able to come back at the end of the weekend with a win. Yeah, I think the whole Courtney thing's been a, you know, an amazing story, not necessarily one that, one that was broken by journalists, but in regards to what the story was, I think that uh, you know you see that footage and, you know, like, I mean, I, I, mean, I was standing in pit lane and the guy came up and gave me a hug in pit lane and I thought, man, you feel like you've lost you know, 10 kilos, he, he couldn't lose, afford to lose any. And they're talking about him making a comeback at the Gold Coast. I thought, man, you're no chance, JC. You know, like, you're kidding yourself. So for him to not only come back, but come in and win the race was just just unbelievable. And the fact that, you know, the way that England, you know, rolled on to somewhere else and Jack was in the car. And, yeah, it, just, it was just very tough stuff, you know. Of course, that then prompted the story, AJ, which you were intrinsically linked linked through the Enduro Cup, and that was uh, Russell Ingall at the age of 103 returning to uh, returning to racing and in a Holden Racing Team car at that. What a comeback! Like to you know, not that he was out of the car for long, but we we all we've, we all saw it during the year up close. He's itching to get back in the car. Our clips are watching these cars drive by, looking and longingly like he wished he was there, then, you know, a chance opportunity kind of opened up at, at Holman, you know, being, you know, his first ever factory drive and to actually get to the factory Ford and the factory Holden drive in the space of three race beings and actually not do too bad a job, you know, set his fastest ever lap, his personal fastest ever lap at Bathurst. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mm. Of course, Lowndes made a hundred crusher. That's a, another huge story. Was a great yarn, yeah. And uh, you know, he's just just the uh, ultimate professional, Craig. And the way you know, just got it, got it knocked over, and uh, and got on with it. And obviously, he's been, uh, he, you know, his career is uh, going to go on a not necessarily a different format, but a, you know, under his own uh, 
sponsor next year with Caltex uh, sponsoring his third car at Triple Eight. So be interesting to see how that whole dynamic works and what Van Gisbergen does in the car and all those other things. But uh, you know, for him to notch a hundred wins in this uh, category is uh, certainly no mean feat, and, and uh, it certainly puts him among the absolute best of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well it's been publicised, AJ, but certainly two words at Bathurst perhaps cost V8 Supercars Harvey Norman as a naming rights sponsor for 2016. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, it was a rumour that I'd heard kicking around, but surely not something that everyone ran with. Everyone kind of ran with the actual two words and, you know, if it was right or wrong or whether it had been, you know, something, something that had been... Uh, you know, kicked around at the workshop before it was effortlessly rolled off the tongue. But, yeah, it was an interesting one, that one. Mm. I know, Crush, you you don't think the punishment fits the crime, but what about if the punishment was Harvey Norman's not your naming right sponsor for the series in 2016? Harvey Norman, I mean, you're kidding me, right? Like, the only reason the reaction was made to David Reynolds in the first place was because Katie Page was at the track and they were a sponsor of that car. So it was all about them making a decision to sort of bang their chest and say, we can do this, and this is the, we're, the, we're the tough guys, and this sounds sort of roll out. That's my opinion. I've made it quite clear before. I don't think the, the punishment fit the crime. Um, you know, 25 grand, the biggest single fine ever dished out to an individual driver uh, and is just ludicrous. When the guy, you know, we the guys on Speed Cafe played the full take so everyone could hear it. Yeah, that, that one grab was taken out of context, rolled out. Yeah, okay, he said it. Is he a dickhead for saying pussy wagon? Yes, he is. But it's part of the context. If you look at where that, you know, it, 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 it was referring to, you know, two females in a car, not a piece of their anatomy, and the fact that they'd been referring to it, you know, in-house as a bit of a joke, and he was sitting in a press conference. He had some friendly people around him, his teammate, friendly fire, and he made half a joke and it was taken out of context and blown out of all proportion. And, you know, we had commentators who'd never been stepped foot inside a racetrack, you know, claiming they were experts in the whole situation. I'm not defending him one bit, but the punishment didn't fit the crime. And certainly, Harvey Norman were not lost as a naming rights sponsor for the series because of it. So, Crosser, do you think he was well and truly thrown under the bus? Oh, absolutely thrown under the bus. Absolutely thrown under the bus. And... Uh, you should have been made an example of. You should have said, yep, okay, we're going to fine you 10 grand. We're going to suspend five of it. Don't do it again. Made a play and said, okay, that that's where it is. But, you know, it just it's just ludicrous. You can look at what happens in other sports and how it all goes, and the fact is what's happened in our sport in the past, and for that just to be done as it was done. I mean, there was one, there was one guy who's part of V8 management who hasn't got a clue who wanted to find the bloke 250 grand. Mm, yes. like, are you kidding me? Well, it's, like, you know, when you, you, when you look serious. at... Yeah, when you look at incidents that have happened in the past, like England Scaife at Eastern Creek, and that was, you know, a 10, 15 grand fine, this is... It's, it's nowhere near as bad. Oh, and, and even that. I mean, I, <laughs> I was looking after Ingle at the time, so, like, that whole incident was, you know, rolled on and how it went about, and, like, when you look at, you know, just some of the other setups that have happened over time, and... You know, um, I, it just dumbfounds me when you look at, you know, what AFL blokes are doing and getting away with what they get fined, and mm-hmm. you've got people who just want to make a, you know, make a name for themselves by, you know, not only that, that 
you know, where's the where's the bit of human element here where someone who's making those decisions goes, okay, Dave Reynolds' character, that's what it is. Okay, again, doesn't excuse you, but he's he, he's on a pinnacle of where his career is going to go south or north. Everyone knows he hasn't got a contract signed. Everybody knows that he's given his whole life to this. This is what he does. And because you want to make a name for yourself by giving him a 25 grand fine, mm. you know, that's what he cops. You know, and they'll argue other things and I get all that. And, you know, you've got to accept it, move on. and It is what it is. But I just think it's, it was just ludicrous. Mm. Now, interesting that Scaife and Ingle get brought up because I think everyone was interested to see how the Scaife-Ingle dynamic would play out in the uh, Fox Sports broadcast studio. And, well, we've still got one race meeting to go. I can't call it a round. I'd struggle to call it an event. But we've still got one weekend to go, and they haven't come to blows yet, as far as we know on air, AJ. What about off? I I think there's a fair letter. I don't want to spoil the illusion for you. Uh, You know, the start of the year, I think there was a little bit of feeling there. There's so much man love there at the moment. You know, they, those two get along like a, like a house on fire. Niggle each other like all, all get out, like, you know, two brothers AJ, niggle each other. AJ, yes. they can't stand each other. No, they no, cannot I'm stand each other. They haven't got you blocked. No, I'm telling you, I've seen them together off air, and yeah. I can tell you I'm that... I'm sure you have. Yeah. yeah. I, I can tell you that there's, still, there's a lot of man love there. They can't stand each other. They've done a very good job as a, as the odd couple, and I think uh, that Fox give your mob a big rap. They've done a very good job this year. I think that you know some of the stuff they've produced and what they've done has been uh, has been terrific. Um, but uh, and I think that part of that dynamic has has, um, has worked well in your favour. It's been been very good. Of course, oh, they, and they're both brilliant to work for. You know, so um, bring such good good ideas, and they're so different as as people that they're. Their insight is fantastic. Because, AJ, every round you have produced the segment where uh, Russell gets to have his say of how he drilled the world. That uh, yeah. has been interesting at times for you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, I, you know, it's, it's one thing that we actually like our commentators to speak their mind. You know, we're not, a, uh, we're not here to, to, you know, we're here to be impartial and we're here for the benefit of the series. So, if you know, if indoor skates see something that they need, that they think needs... Uh, fixing and that they actually don't like and they they have free reign to to bring it up of course uh which was the bigger move crush will davison to techno or coolfard to the second penske car oh actually a very good question uh it'll be interesting to see how both of them go um they're both two uh different dudes um I think Coulthard will go well under that Pinsky umbrella uh, in regards to just the way he, his mannerisms and the way he goes conducts himself. Uh, I think Will is a, you know, he's a complicated cat. He's a good guy, a hell of a driver. Um, but as long as Techno can put you know, enough support mechanisms around him, um, you know, he'll, uh, he'll actually go good in that equipment. He'll certainly get you know, better than in the equipment he's been in. So, um, you know, I think uh, both those guys are going to be stories of next year. And um, what we will find out is exactly where those two teams are at. Mm. AJ, to me, they're the two guys that set Silly Season this year on its head 
and are going to be absolutely keystones in which way the series goes. Does it go back to, you know, basically four, I'm going to say four cars controlling the whole series or whether we do have some other real contenders in the series? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, you know, you, you want to see these guys do really well. Like, I, I really want to see Will Davison thrive. I mean, when he first went to HRT, he was second in the championship and then has kind of drifted throughout after that for various reasons. So, I, you know, having a one-car team that's purely focused on his needs so he doesn't feel like he's always playing second fiddle to a teammate, I, I really want to see him um, see, see him thrive and actually grab that uh, techno car, you know, by the ho- you know, by the horns and having a triple eight built car underneath him, which is what most guys want in up and down the series, can only be a good thing. Mm. And if they're running off the lounge boom, that's gonna be the only issue that he could have, Crusher. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's a possibility. So depending on how that rolls, we you know, you've got that you know, that, that the whole boom situation which is just such a massive variable in the sport and um Unfortunately, is what we've got, but uh, yeah, it's it's um, always going to be tough for those guys. Mm. All right, we need to take a break here. A final thought or observation up next here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page, and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels through the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought or observation, AJ Hawkins. Let's let's uh, let's roll for the championship. We've got two contenders. One can win. May the best driver win at the end of the at the end of the year. Oh, you were channeling Tina Turner there, weren't you? Two men and a one man leave. Well, let's hope it's simply the best. Okay, Crusher. Uh, look. The uh, the final round of the championship is going to be a cracker um, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and uh, while you're watching your Fox Sports, you should be watching your live uh, updated feed through Speed Cafe. I'm sure they all will. But I think uh, as soon as the door closes on whoever's got the championship, there needs to be some serious consideration about Gen 2, where it's at, where everybody sits, what they're going to do, where they're going to throw it out the window, where they're going to forget this stupid fascination with you know trying to get more manufacturers in and just try and make the sport cheaper because there's plenty of stickers falling off cars. There's blokes hurting out there and they need to get their heads around it and uh, and stop uh, thinking that uh, the world we live in is uh, very rosy indeed. Mm. All right. For mine, it is the V8 Sleuth story on the 20th November, which I think was Friday or was it Thursday, where he has talked about your good mate, Crush, Roland Dane, taking some new investors into that Triple Eight team. It's going to be very interesting to see what uh, that is going to bring to uh, what has been the benchmark for the last eight years in V8 Supercars. Does, does that mean that, uh, that Paul Dumbrell's got an enduro drive there for life now? Well, he's certainly one of the investors in there, as uh, reported by uh, Aaron Noonan. 
Yeah, I think it was a, there was a speed cafe story. Uh, Townsville last year suggesting that he'd uh, sold the team that was very, very close to that position too in regards to investment. So I think that uh, where the story might have originally originated. Um, but uh, yeah, it will be interesting um, what Roland's thoughts are. Uh, you know, he's um, love him or hate him. He's passionate about the sport, and uh, he's you know, I think he's done some fantastic things for the uh, for the category. And uh, he certainly well, it doesn't matter how many investors he's got, he needs to be around, especially in the next uh, 18 months or so. Mm. All right, that's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. Thanks very much to Brett Crusher Murray. Thank you, mate. Andrew AJ Hawkins. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Crush. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.